Hi, folks, and welcome to another Internet Advisor Tech Roundtable. My name is Foster Brown, and I'm delighted to have with us in our roundtable once again Ed Rudell, who is a regular part of the Internet Advisor but hasn't been able to be with us on these roundtables. Eddie, welcome to our Skype version of our program. I love it. I could sit at home. I'm, I'm actually wearing pajamas and enjoying this. <laughs> okay, we have no video connection, folks. Honest, we have no video connection here, so you can only imagine. And, uh, and we also have with us Mr. Cal Carson. Cal, thanks again for joining us. And, and thank you very much, Ed, for being at home in your pajamas as opposed to right here in the studio. <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I must be honest, uh, I was on stage last night about this time with pajamas. Uh, oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, publicly, uh, on stage in your pajamas, you got to tell us sometime about that. But I'm afraid of even asking more. Oh about no, that. you don't have to be afraid at all. <laughs> I, I joined community theater, the Rosedale oh. Community Players, and uh, the role that I auditioned for and I eventually got uh, requires me to wear pajamas on stage, and so that's how it all worked out. Very good. What's the name of the performance? So, uh, and, and is it, it going to be going on uh, any longer? Well, next week will be the last weekend for it. It's been going on for the last four weeks. Uh, it is, uh, the play is called Almost Maine, and it's about a little town up in Maine uh, that's called Almost because they never went all the way through to get it fully incorporated, so it's Almost Maine. <laughs> right. And basically, it's a, it, it's a story about, uh, uh, it's eight vignettes about uh, different couples that are having their ways with love during uh, about 9 o'clock in the evening on a Friday night. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right, and we'll, I, how much longer will this be going on for? Uh, the last show uh, will be, uh, uh, there will be two more shows uh, next weekend uh, on, Saturday, on Friday night and Saturday night, and it's at uh, Peace Lutheran Church on 13 Mile Road in Southfield in uh, Southfield, Michigan. There you go, folks. All right. A man of many talents. Eddie, you're not doing anything like, you know, performing high wire acts or, uh, you know, magician acts or anything like that are you something we should know about no no just trying to use power tools on occasion <laughs> you, know, you know practicing missing uh, mixing cement stuff like that <laughs> they keep me away from sharp objects in general well guys <laughs> hey let's dive into our conversation this week about tech and any sense it's been a while since we've heard from you uh why don't you kick things off with your first topic well, this came as a surprise. Uh, six months ago, I was able to get my hands on a, a slate and uh, by Hewlett-Packard. I am a Hewlett-Packard employee, and uh, mm -hmm. there was one floating around the office. And uh, it, was a, it was an interesting little device, uh, you know, very similar to the iPad in size and shape. It had two cameras, but it came with a, um, a USB port, you know, charging peripherals, uh, fully functional Bluetooth, uh, SD wow. slots so that you can, um, you know, take some of your documents with you. And wow. apparently that was released in the last couple of weeks. I was on the Hewlett Packard website and uh, it is now being offered for $799. That is uh, not, and by the way, am I right, Ed, that that runs Windows 7? It does run a Windows 7 interface uh, using a lot of the, the, the interfaces used for the tablets. Uh, you know, with um, mm -hmm. with a pointing device, but this one you can use your fingers um, as well. Uh, if you want, you can use a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse if you want. Wow! So it's got uh, touch screen, touch screen, but you can also use a stylus with it, and yeah. it's got Bluetooth capability for keyboard. Wow! That's and, and two cameras. You know, so that people you can. Um, uh, take a photo away from you or for yeah. video, you know, right, right. one's facing towards you. Um, it is primarily meant for the business environment. Mm -hmm. HP, if you mm -hmm. remember, purchased Palm, and they have their powerful 
uh, well, I don't know if you can call it a powerful, but they have the entire knowledge base of the Palm yeah. and their WebOS yeah. infrastructure. Yeah. And a lot of people were assuming that they'd come out with a uh, consumer version of the Slate and uh, run it on the WebOS. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know if you've seen it, but Palm, the Pixies, which almost tanked, and uh, yeah. you know, and the pre plus mm-hmm. phones. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were they were practically giving those away. Yeah. The, those have been infiltrating our environment uh, as far as Microsoft mobile phones. And oh. from the feedback I've been getting from the people, they they love it. They like the wow. using. It's a very small screen. Yeah. It's yeah. unfortunately it's a very small screen. It's about a third the size of a of an iPhone. But but the gestures and the the use of it. it, it it, they like it, and uh, I'm sure Very we're going to see more of those too. So that, so in other words, those Palm phones did not disappear. They've just kind of been transformed now that they're under HP's wing, right? And they sort of got a rebirth again, and they're being distributed and sold, and their and their their uh, the market shares are starting to improve a little bit since wow. HP took them over, and uh, they're really penetrating the the. Um, you know, because it's running the web OS, it's not yeah. running a Microsoft OS. They've really penetrated the the environment where you can actually attach it to Outlook and read your email and now, you know Word documents and stuff like that. So, so this thing, the uh, the Slate, then look, it, it looks like a, a Windows interface in the sense of the way uh, you know you it, have it, a Start button and then you go to Programs and things like that. It doesn't yes. have it doesn't have the apps on it like, for instance, the iPad would. No, it doesn't have those apps, and, and nor do they have what what Apple has, which is a very strong, uh, you know, their Apple Store and their iTunes yeah. Store, yeah. And, uh, the, and I mean that's where they're excelling. Um, HP with the Slate is going after the business business environment. Yes. It's using the traditional uh, WIMP interface, and I've always hated that term, but that's Windows. <laughs> Windows icons, menus, and pointing devices, and you can use all your legacy Windows and your wow. legacy applications that you're familiar with. And right, and, right, right. Well, you can see and, why that is such. As uh, they are definitely going after the enterprise end of things, and not after uh, the 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 consumer end, if you will, which the iPad went after. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Where you know the iPad strengths are, it's not only penetrating the the. Um, uh, you know the the consumer market, but it also has the senior citizens. It has two year old kids. It has teachers, oh, students. Yeah. You know, they, I don't yep. think they're going to be able to compete with them because they have dozens of consumer markets that are just clamoring I, for this device you know, Cal, for the I, iPad. I'd be interested in your resp- your response on this, Cal, because to me. This is wonderful that these things can't coexist. They're not, you know, this isn't being billed as the iPad killer because there's no interest in doing that. They're actually going after an entirely different market, which is this enterprise market. Which I think is the smartest thing for them to do because unless you're going to, if you're going to go after the leader on any market, and not just Apple, but I mean the leader on any particular market that's out there, when you come after them, you have to come with a full, full boat load. You have yeah. to. You have to have all the bells and whistles that they already have and then exceed those. Uh, if you don't do that, you, you, just, you, just not, you don't have a chance. Nope. You know, the only thing that you can do is maybe match the features and come out with something cheaper. Yeah. But you know, people are generally are not, you know, if they're happy with, with a product, cheaper is not always going to be the deal they're going to be looking for. But you know what I like about this? Now, Eddie, how about in terms of, of weight and, and general size? Are they pretty much comparable, or is that slate a little bit heavier? You know, I've never held them side by side, nor oh, have okay. I looked at the specs. 
So, and uh, I'm at the HP site right now, nor can I find their actual specifications <laughs> rated there. But it, it's, is it generally speaking... Uh, uh, it's about uh, the same size about and the shape. Same, okay. it, it, it looks probably a little thicker mm-hmm. only because mm-hmm. the iPad has that tapered edge that, yep. that you know, like yep. most of their devices right. do. And it sounds like also that the slate is um, designed to have more connectivity to other kinds of devices. Again, because of the enterprise focus, and um, they they are going for, in other words, they want you to take what you're familiar with on your desktop and then be able to move, whether it's a medical field or insurance or whatever it may be, take that same atmosphere and move out now with a lighter device, but be able to be mobile in your business atmosphere. Correct, and, and and you can very easily see that this would have, uh, you could have a little dock on there, and you can have a full oh, functional keyboard. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's where they're going, and yep. and we'll see. I mean, um, how how they improve the interface. This is like a, if you want to call it a first gen yep. of one of these touch devices. I mean, there have been a few, um, but I mean, this is the big ha- hitter. Have right you now. guys noticed, Cal? Have you noticed it, Ed, on the TV series on TV? Now, I, I'm a big CSI fan. All, all the CSIs, the the original CSI New York and uh, CSI Miami, but CSI New York. The other day, I was watching, and they're all running around the lab with these tablet-like computers. <laughs> but I noticed that on the side of the one, it looked like the slate because it had a whole bunch of uh, uh, connectors that you wouldn't find on the iPad. However, on lots of other programs that you watch on TV now, it's like everybody has got to have one of these iPad-like devices in their hands. Have you noticed that, Cal? Well, it's amazing, but, 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 it, but it's also something I expected to come along. And it's, be, and it's only because uh, out in Hollywood... Uh, they like cool and slick-looking yep. devices, yep. and and it's not that the other devices aren't good and they're not cool and stuff like that. It's just that Apple has made them just that little bit slicker that makes yeah. them look really, really cool. And if you've noticed for the longest time, if uh, most uh, your Highline shows, if there's a computer sitting on a desk behind somebody, it's probably going to be a Mac. Yeah, it's and, got an Apple, and, you, the Apple logo is, is really there. Although, i got to tell you, I was watching CSI New York the other day, and uh, Mac, who is the, one of the main characters there, had the tabletop. Uh, Ed, what's that called? The, uh, uh, Microsoft has a tabletop uh, computer. Oh, oh I, I don't remember the name uh, of that. Darn it, it never really took off. But, but they show this thing being used in fascinating ways. And if you've ever watched uh, CSI Miami or... Um, Oh, what's NCIS Los Angeles? They have these incredible computers on a wall kind of screens where they're 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 walking up to a big wall and they're moving things around and, and it's all touch based. It's fascinating to see these different devices that they have out there. And I, I think their thing is that they're actual devices. They're they're not pretend like the Microsoft tabletop. Yeah, is that what it's called, the Microsoft Table? I think that's what it's called. <laughs> I think it's exactly it. But it was fascinating watching it. It was absolutely fascinating. Now, Cal, uh, you have an article that, that you wanted to talk about, um, and it's kind of interesting in terms of Apple's ascendancy in the, in the phone market. It appears that, uh, that Apple is now the number four uh, largest phone vendor in the world uh, listing now. They just surpassed RIM which makes the BlackBerry. And, uh, and, and, you know, and RIM and Apple are the only two that only made a uh, PDA-type device. Uh, they didn't make a bunch of other different phones and stuff like that. And uh, it, it looks like the numbers are working really well for them. They're, they're, they're selling 
selling like hotcakes. And yep. uh, Nokia is still number one. They're the biggest one in the world. And, uh, and they've got 36% of the market. But it's slowly getting chewed away by all the other uh, people who are coming to the market because um, uh, Nokia has nice phones. Yeah. But they don't have uh, nice phones with a bunch of other features and stuff. Yeah, and, and, right. And, now, and nowadays it's looking like, and I'm not really sure, but, but with the Windows 7 phone coming online with the Apple phone already online, with the Droid phone online. It's all about the PDA portion of the phone yeah. and the apps. We should say, folks, good- the, P- the PDA is what we used to call the personal personal digital assistant. I think that was what it was. And that was, that was back in the uh, days when uh, Palm really uh, opened this up and, and owned this to a great extent up until, like, what, the... Uh, 2002, 2003, when we began to see these other smartphones then begin to appear. Exactly. And, and now that HP has bought Palm, they have now a, uh, exclusive rights to the, I believe, is it called the Symbian interface, I believe? No, it's the WebOS. Uh, WebOS, okay. Web All right. OS. Thank you very much. And, and, and with that, uh, it was just starting to come out on the Palm Pre, mm-hmm. uh, which is a phone that they have. And it, has, it is a very nice interface. Uh, with it, but now I believe that w- with uh, a, a giant like HP driving it, it's probably going to end up on a lot more devices, and uh, we should see a lot more of it. But uh, but this whole phone market is, is crazy because, in my opinion, it's more all about the PDA. And oh, by the way, it, it's a phone too. <laughs> yeah, it makes calls, right. or in the case of the iPhone, it doesn't make calls right. in, in, in well, a good I- many places. And, you know, this sort of reminds me, RIM was supposed to come out with their, uh, their little um, tablet device. Oh, yes. And, uh, and I think they've gone through several name changes. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it probably won't come out until next year. So, so we'll somebody, see what that's what we, The first thing was going to be called the, the black box, but now it's called something else. I forget what it is. But in any case, <laughs> there, there yeah. was really, and one of the criticisms of, of RIM was there was really no proof of concept kind of device there that people could get their hands on but rather they're saying look this is what we're going to do and they had a slick little video that ran but they didn't go through any of the the motions with the phone itself right yeah it was just just a big marketing thing trying to get the buzz around rim to see if their you know stocks will go up and down and get people talking about rim and how innovative they are i mean that's what a lot of this stuff is get people talking about it. did you guys see uh, this is all talking about phones a lot of news this week about China. Um, first of all, uh, there was a story about them shutting down the export of these rare earths, which yep. are uh, some of the things like what be like cadmium and iridium and things like that. They're used in um, creating uh, computer components and other very high tech components. Am I right on that, Ed? Yeah, you're absolutely right. A couple of weeks ago, China did do that around the uh, mid. Um you know, October they started doing that, and uh, the, unfortunately, we have a lot of those. Uh, we yeah. used to have those, a lot of those industries in the United States and Canada and Mexico, but they were uh, uh, not profitable enough. And but now that there's a market for these yeah. rare earth elements like lithium and stuff like mm-hmm. that for lithium batteries, people yep. Yep. that uh, yeah, they're they're putting they were putting a stranglehold in there. Well, and what that may do, I, I'm thinking, is it, the the American, Canadian, and Mexican markets may then respond by saying, okay then we'll tune things back up because it's now good business for us. And 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 uh, from an article I read, that would take between um, eight months to a year for them to ramp up that type of market. But if the incentive is there, it, yes. it is certainly and worth if it. The, 
I, I would think so. Yep. And you know the other thing that I'm hearing, and Cal, you were talking about uh, Apple now being the fourth largest producer of phones. China is opening up to the iPhone now officially. Am I right on that? Uh, I had heard something to that effect that it would be starting up sometime in the near future. They didn't exactly give a date when it was actually going to yeah. going to occur, though. But uh, I can imagine that once they they, they open that, the iPhone up in China, it's going to be crazy because well, yeah. they've got a huge market over well, there. Well, th- the other thing that I, <laughs> the other thing that I've been hearing about the Chinese is that they are now getting very. I don't know what you want to call it, patriotic or, you know, they're deciding they want their technology, their technology, they run everything. And a fascinating wrinkle on that was uh, that just this past week, China claims now to have the world's fastest supercomputer. It's the Tianhe 1A that can hit 2.507 petaflops. <laughs> now, Ed, you're a, a tech expert on some of these words. I don't know what a petaflop is, but apparently it's a lot of them. That's yeah, that's a lot more than I, a lot more zeros than I can count. Uh, yeah, it's like I was thinking a pedophile. No, because, no, 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 no petaflops. No. Yes, and I'm trying to think of how many zeros that is. Exo. Oh, it's it's incredible what it can do. But this thing is enormous as well. The big deal is that uh, this now they have surpassed the American. Cray XT5 Jaguar, which was on top of the heap. The whole thing I'm talking about is that it looks like China is heading towards being the tech superpower in the world, which is going to be very significant in the future. I don't know what you guys think about that. Well, you know, that makes pretty good sense considering the fact they're right there in the in the hotbed of semiconductor world. Uh, they're making all of them over there, and they're making them as cheap as is is anybody can make on the planet um all the technology that even gets developed in other parts of the world ends up getting manufactured over there and and unfortunately for a patent maker uh or a patent holder yes um china is like notorious for you know kind of borrowing the technology and and improving upon it and stuff like that I've heard so the same I, comment about india by the way as well oh of course and and so I, I just think it, it it's just it's just a natural fit and and, and they're just hungry for technology over there. Oh, yeah. I mean when you when you're sitting there making the stuff all the time and and, and now all of a sudden you're going to want to buy it because there's such an influx of cash into that country from all yep. the uh, industrialization that they're doing for the world. And and who who don't they own here in the United States? Well, that's true too. <laughs> you know, and that, you know a few moments ago, you mentioned that the iPhone was possibly coming out in China in the near future. But I thought China had their own bandwidth. They have their own frequency range that's independent of any other country in the world. So I would imagine the iPhones that are used there uh, have to conform to that standard. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And it sounds like that's the way the Chinese are moving, is that they're going to make sure that whatever technology is in their country runs on their system. And uh, as a matter of fact, they're talking about building their own OS and, uh, you know, in other words, creating their own little world and instead of having to go to Microsoft for an operating system or to Apple or someplace like that, they're saying, hey, we're going to do we're going to create our own. And they certainly seem to have the technology to be able to do that. And I want to talk about something that uh, in our in our program notes you were alluding to, uh, which is that an, a name we haven't heard for a long time, but was the perennial bad guy in terms of bandwidth hogs. And that was LimeWire. 
LimeWire apparently has been court ordered to finally shut down. For a while there, they were uh, trying to go legit, trying to sell music, but the court basically said no shutdown. So there was a cease and desist, and supposedly they did shut down earlier this week. Um, but um, according according to Molly Wood and CNET.net, where I heard this from. Um, and read a little bit on the article. Um, there's still people are still running, and you can still download illegal content. I mean, I mean that's what you get with peer-to-peer networks. Um, but th- that'll slowly fade because the servers, the LimeWire servers, have been shut down. And what people are actually they're interconnecting through peer-to-peer networking amongst themselves using what's known as cached information or cached credentials. That'll slowly start uh, disappearing in the near future, and LimeWire will be officially gone. Which is really amazing because this morning I was repairing a friend's computer and lo and behold, guess what was on it? Hmm, they have a uh, teenage oh, no. uh, child there and LimeWire was on it. And <laughs> you know something, Ed? It automatically started downloading stuff. Oh, no. Oh, there you go. I mean, what can you do? It's like they created the beast and it's been released and how are they going to be able to stop it? No, I, it doesn't, certainly doesn't look it. Yeah. It'll never, it'll never happen. This, this, this free music lust has gone completely crazy, and a genie is out of the bottle. You know, yeah. and and I think the kids nowadays, uh, you know, have grown up in an atmosphere where pay for it. What do you mean pay for it? We just well, you know, <laughs> share yeah. it. <laughs> And, you know, it's just not the kids, though. There are many adults that have this on yes, there. And what they're yes. doing is they're trying to recoup their 70 album collection Ooh. from the 60s and 70s. And, you know, the ones that they can't play anymore or don't know how to convert. And why should they buy it yet a fourth time? Yes. You know, because they're not tech- yeah. technically savvy enough to actually convert from CDs to, you know, to MP3s. Uh, or that they could play in their f- favorite music device, and sometimes they only it only was released on LP. And somebody like Gary who can't you know find a USB to a seventy eight converter. <laughs> yeah, you, know? you can take cheap shots at him because he's not on today, Cal. <laughs> right. And the other thing is, is that my wife and I were looking at this. She had a huge tape collection. Remember, you know, kids oh, are doing this now. Yeah. And uh, my wife used to tape songs, and I know I did the same thing yeah. all the time yeah. off the radio. And uh, we'd put them on our, our tapes and play them all the time. She still plays them, you know, in the garage <laughs> when she's out there doing <laughs> flower pots. And, and I'm thinking one of these days I'm just going to have to, you know, you know, bite the bullet and get her an MP3 player or an, or an iPhone or, um, oh, at least. you know. At something, least, yeah, something digital that you can use to rec- do those recordings. Yeah, give her uh, about a five hundred dollar gift card so she could download it. All. Oh, <laughs> ouch, 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 ouch. Hey, uh, there's something new coming uh, on the Apple frontier, by the way. And uh, well, actually, we've no, we've talked about this before, Cal, and that is uh, Mac 2011 or Office for Mac 2011. Uh, I just saw a review that came out on uh, Telegraph.co.uk. Um, uh, out of Great Britain, and um, it, I, I, I'm anxious to get my hands on it, but uh, they're saying it looks like it's going to be better than its predecessor. Have you heard anything more about that? Looks like I ne- looks like I'm going to need to move over to the Great Britain because <laughs> I'd love to have a hand on one of those rascals right now just to get a good look at it. Yeah. But uh, from from the the, the the little squeaks and uh, I'm hearing off of from other people, uh, it is sounding like it's going to be a little more robust than the previous version. Mm-hmm. And that it might have a couple of extra bells and whistles in it, and that also uh, Entourage is is gone, and yep, right. Outlook is in. Yep. And so you'll see the Outlook logo on the Mac, and it, and then the interface is supposed to be very close to the same uh, Outlook uh, interface on the Windows side as well. 
Mm, excellent. Well, well, I'm. We've been promised uh, some copies of that, so we're looking forward to getting our hands on it and uh, trying it out. Um, I'm. I'm very interested in the outlook because I've stayed away from Entourage. To be very honest with you, I found it very clumsy on my Mac, or at least my experience with it was not. You know, and I had used Outlook on the Mac. Uh, pardon me, on my Windows forever. My wife still does, and uh, I've enjoyed it. As a matter of fact, it was the hub of all of my activity, and I had to give that up when it, when I put uh, this. Uh, uh, Office for Mac 2007 on that I have right now because uh, I, I just couldn't make it work the way I wanted it to work. So I'm hoping that the that the outlook on this one does work um, you know, pretty seamlessly with the, uh, with the Apple system. I, he, which, is, which is really kind of unusual because I'm actually thinking going from Entourage to Microsoft Mail. Oh, but, really? Uh, yeah. Oh, so that, that would be Microsoft Live Essentials, or yeah, yes, I think it is. Good program. Yeah, you know something that's interesting. You mentioned that Ed because um, that seems to be the new direction that Microsoft is trying to push all of us who have been on Hotmail or have used uh, the Office products is towards that Windows Live Essentials. Mm-hmm. I would agree, and because it actually does support calendaring, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, and and email, and it has some uh, junk mail filters, and it's online based. So for any of their future web-based applications, I mean, that would just make sense. Yep. Now, I had one other thing that you uh, noticed uh, out there was, and, and in fact, I watched an interview on, um, could have been on CNN or one of the uh, MSNBC, I think, during the week, uh, was the uh, man who is in charge of uh, Barnes & Noble talking about it, uh, an improvement to one of their devices. Well, yeah, the Nook has uh, taken hold just in time for the Christmas season. And for $215, you can get yourself a color Nook. And uh, it runs like a version of Linux, like an Android Lite operating system. Uh, be available November 19th, the same day Harry Potter is going to be out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, know you would have known that day. <laughs> and uh, my, I've already purchased 14 tickets for my daughter and her friends for that. But, oh, uh, but, wow. But, now, the Nook is not going to be nearly as powerful as, uh, of course, an iPad, but yeah. uh, it'll have the ability to do, uh, you could do web browsing with it. Uh, it supports Wi-Fi, and, of course, you could download your books. Uh, you know, I, that's about it. I, I'm, 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 I'd like to get my hands on one to see what it looks like. Yeah. Uh, the fact but, that it's uh, color. But it, and the fact that it's color, yes. Mm-hmm. And then it still has the ability to switch to a, a reading mode. Uh, that'd be very interesting. See, you know, I, I, I was going to give you, Cal. Isn't that that's still the Nook is much smaller? Is it significantly smaller than the iPad? Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it's uh, it's not significantly smaller, but it is it is smaller. I think like the iPad is like a nine inch screen, and the Nook is like a, a four, six by four or something. I was like going to say four by six. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And yeah, so it is smaller. But hey, bringing color to it is is only the beginning. I mean, and, and it had to happen eventually because. Everyone likes color, and yeah. monochrome is monochrome. Yeah. Hey, Eddie, you were just, just jumping around quickly here, and we're going to wrap things up uh, pretty soon. Uh, by the way, you've been listening to the Internet Advisor Tech Roundtable with uh, Ed Rudell. It's so good to have you around, Eddie, and Kel Carson with me. And Monty was forced around. Gary Baker had the night off. He was out trick-or-treating uh, with his son. It had been uh, Eddie, like you, he had been involved in scouts with his son, Justin. And so, they were uh, camping, yeah, and yeah. I was teasing him about whether or not he actually packed his tent heater with him. And, <laughs> and uh, he said that is not cheating, <laughs> bringing a tent heater <laughs> <laughs> well, you had said something uh, before we started our program that I wanted to get back to. It was something that you had observed about the uh, the new uh, some reviews you had seen about the new 
uh, Apple uh, MacBook Airs that were coming out. <laughs> yeah, well, there's two things. Let me let me go over three things, and I'll do the Air last. And uh, first thing, it was called Microsoft Surface was the technology because I have the luxury of there looking over here. So it's not table, but it's Microsoft Surface. Surface, that's right. Surface. And uh, the other thing was um, another standard coming out was Wi-Fi Direct. And this is something I emailed you last week. It's, oh, you know, we yeah. have these Wi-Fi standards. And um, think of the ability to be able to Wi-Fi connect to anyone in the area around you and establish a mini little network between you two so you can share information. Or um, this ability doesn't exist. It's a standard uh, need, needed to be created for all these devices so that you could interconnect, you know, uh, if you know, your iPad to your PC to your Mac or whatever. Oh, perfect it's for home, yeah. It's perfect for home. Uh, it's a way of standardizing these little mesh networks of all these devices. Um, oh. Think of it as, you know, think of all the kids in the bus, and they have uh, their Nintendo DSs, which is still a popular device. They're on their fourth mm-hmm. or fifth generation of right. it, and they can all establish a little mesh network, um, but it's a proprietary network. You can do the same thing with your PCs or Macs or whatever. It's a new standard that's coming out. We're waiting for the vendors to adhere to it. Oh, wow. It's called Wi-Fi Direct. And, uh, and hopefully it'll open up uh, uh, interoperability I, between all these devices. I hope so, because I am having a terrible time right now, very honestly. Cal and I still haven't solved this. Uh, uh, getting a, a network set up here in my home wirelessly between my Windows 7 uh, machine and my Mac. I am just I having a horrible time setting that up. And so I'm hoping that something like this comes along that can, would that standardize the connections, Eddie? It'll standardize, it'll create a standard so that all the manufacturers that will adhere to it so that it should allow you to share files like chat, video, um, you know. Printers, printers wirelessly, for instance. Right, right. And and you don't even need um, internet capability to do this. You're just relying Uh, on the network card itself to establish a session with something else in the room. And then you then share what you want. I mean, we'll we'll see. It's up to the application developers to take full advantage of it. But the standard is there so that you can do this. And hopefully it'll lay the allowability for, you know, wireless printing, because right now we have all these proprietary different languages. You know, Brother has theirs. Hewlett Packard Mm -hmm. has theirs. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I don't know if you remember, you used to have something called PANS, Personal Area Networks. Mm -hmm. Hopefully Mm -hmm. that'll be eliminated because everyone and their brother had their their own proprietary PAN network that was incompatible with anyone else. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So hopefully this will open the doors up and make it a little more seamless for us stupid users so that we can just, (laughs) we just want the two devices to talk back that's exactly it that's exactly it i can't make it as simple as what apple does for their devices exactly exactly and that has been the genius of apple is that the simplicity the beauty of the apple products has been the simplicity of the use now you you were going to talk about the there's the answer foster what's that get rid of the windows machine (laughs) yeah i'm sorry not on my income right now (laughs) although I have to say those uh, uh, those uh, MacBook Pros, the little ones that have come out, are, are looking mighty tasty. But again, you were going to talk yeah. about the MacBook Air. <laughs> I was talking about the MacBook Air because, again, I was watching CNET a couple days ago, and Molly uh, Wood, it was Molly Wood? Yes, Molly Wood. Molly Wood was giving a discussion on her uh, blog of the week, and it was talking about how airports have now um, basically designated that you can go with your MacBook Airs, your 13-inch versions, and you can carry them on, on the air within the airport in your in your handbag without without any security giving you a cavity search basically <laughs> and and but i don't have a cavity where that would fit anyway <laughs> well you could just instead of putting it in your luggage or declaring it or pulling it out of your yes, bag you yes. can keep it in your bag yes, yes. and uh, and carry it on and and she goes you know well, why would they single out the air 
as opposed to like standard tablets or any other device. Yeah. Um, and and I thought that was kind of weird that she'd throw that twist in there, and she's absolutely right. Why would that? Why would they single it out? What do you think, and, uh, Cal? What do you think, Cal? Well, you know, <laughs> somebody we a joke- stock. <laughs> we were jokingly about it uh, earlier, but uh, I mean, basically, if you look at the device, I mean, it's very, 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 very thin. So it, yeah. it'd be hard as heck to hide, you know, an explosive or something in it, or, <laughs> or I would say an explosive of any magnitude in it. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's probably because it's just an easy thing for them to be able to look at, to be able to, uh, for the TSA to say, okay, yeah, this looks like, you know, what it is, and, and they're happy with it. Didn't I hear, though, guys, that it, it, at some point the TSA was going to stop making you take your laptops out and, you know, and put them in a separate bin and, you know, run them through the, the scanner? And, and this may be part of it. Uh, okay. And this may be part of that, uh, you know, because at one point they used to make you prove that it powered on. You know, oh. open it up, power it on. They want to see that logo flash across the screen, whether it's Dell, HP, or a Mac, and then you can just shut it back wow. down and stick it back in the bag. They want to make sure it powered up. I never and had that, that happen. Had a- have you ever had that happen to you? Have you ever taken a, a laptop through uh, an airport and had that happen? I have not flown with a laptop yet since since nine eleven. Believe it or not, I have a number of times, and the only thing was just you know put it in the tray and and then I I flew on with it. <laughs> but I, I do know that uh, the TSA has an approved laptop bag that if your laptop's in oh. it, they, they won't oh, even bother right. to open it. They'll just put it into the x-ray machine, run it through, and that's you're fine. That's right. I do remember seeing that uh, announced. You're absolutely right. Well, guys, it's been a great conversation here, and I think that we're going to pull this to a close because it's getting late, <laughs> and we do want to be able to continue to do this for folks, so we'll give uh, them about 30 minutes of our chatter here, but it's an awful lot of fun, and Ed, it has been a delight being back with you again on these conversations because you've always got interesting stuff that you're bringing to the table here. I'm looking forward to coming back in the studio, and we can continue doing these in the meantime. Uh, We will do that. So, Eddie Rudell, thanks so much for being there. Cal Carson, thank you again for joining us. Absolutely wonderful. It's always great to be here with Ed and and Gary anytime, and, and of course, you, Foster, because, after all, you're the lifeblood of uh, this organization, (laughs) and we're glad you're here. Oh, thank you so much. And we'll look forward, uh, if uh, we're preempted next week, and we are always watching the football schedule, uh, very soon we have a live program coming up, by the way, folks. But as soon as we find out, we'll let you know that, and we'll be back in the studios uh, again. But uh, Gary will also be with us again on our next uh, roundtable. So for Ed Riddell, Cal Carson, and Gary Baker, this is Foster Brown wishing you very good time. And uh, by the way, don't forget to, if you have a question about something that you haven't had a chance to call into the Internet Advisor, don't forget that our forums are there at the Internet Advisor precisely for your questions. Be sure to go to internetadvisor.net, check in down on forums, put your questions in there, and the folks who are there will start getting some answers for you right away. Have a great week.